Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Amen. Lift your Bibles out. We're going to get into it. The series is called Resistance. Say resistance. So essentially, real quick, so just hold your Bibles up and look at me. So you can just hold it up and look it up. Hold it up and look at me. You do two things at once. Amen. Look at the people of Denver. Amen. We learned to count to two on Wednesday and we're holding up Bibles and looking at the same time. My goodness, I don't know what we're going to do next week. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to bust up all of the bad ideologies that you have about the devil. Because the church has taught a lot of crazy stuff that's just not in the Bible about the devil. And let me prove it to you. Your neighbor, see, you're spiritual, but your neighbor spends more time talking about the devil than they do God. The devil is doing this. The devil is doing this. The devil is busy. The devil is doing this. The devil is attacking me. The devil is, that ain't the devil. And so today, we're going to get some stuff straight today. Can we do that today? Are you excited to do that today? Now, I realize that some folk won't like that because it's going to remove their ability to blame somebody else for some of the stuff that's going on. But, uh, but look at somebody and say, it's going to be good for us. It's going to be good for us. Let's hit the Bibles. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive. Hallelujah. Remain standing. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Of course, y'all know I've just been facetious about Denver just learning to count to two. Amen. Amen. We made it all the way up to three, so I got this. <laughs> I'm just being funny. Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, and get to verse number 15. Amen. 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 Y'all got it? Yes, if you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. 
If you're not flipping, you're just going to pretend like you got it. That's cool, too. Thank God for jumbotrons. Amen. If you're just going to open your Bible to like Malachi or something and pretend like you're there. I know. Don't play. I know that game. <laughs> Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it now look at me here's what the writer of Colossians is saying he's saying Jesus when he did what he did when he did what he did he ensured that he made a public spectacle of the enemy in the way he triumphed over the enemy he said Bishop what do you mean by that for when Jesus uh, gave up the ghost and he said it is finished and he offered up his his soul he offered up his spirit because no man could kill him so he had to give it up When he offered it up for three days, he went to hell and he, watch this, he took back everything that Adam gave to the enemy. In the garden, Adam gave up his ability to rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. And for thousands of years, man operated not having the power that God had ordained for man to operate in. And Jesus, when he said, it is finished, Jesus went to hell and he said, I'm going to go to hell so they don't have to go to hell. So next time somebody says that to you, just say, my God already went for me. He went to hell so you don't have to live in hell. And the scripture says he took the keys that Satan had taken from Adam and he disarmed him and said, you no longer have a case against them and you no longer have a right to take anything from them. And I'm going to do it in such a way that I'm going to embarrass you, watch this, in front of your own angels. He made a public spectacle. Okay, some of y'all, you'll you get it in a minute. Father, I decrease that you might increase. Speak now as we reveal today three incomplete truths about Satan. Three incomplete truths about Satan today. Liberate us. Set us free from the mindsets that have given us the thought that the enemy is greater than he is. You are God, and beside you there is none other. You are God, and beside you there is no other. I wish I had a church in this place that believed that he is God, and besides him there is no other. It may not be looking good right now, but he is God, and besides him there is no other. And we honor you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you're seated, I five two or three people and say, this is going to be good for us. It's going to be good for The series summary says this, the devil, Satan, Beelzebub, the great deceiver, demon, dragon. You've probably heard these names to describe the source of evil in the world, but the series summary says this, but what if the mainstream concept of the devil wasn't biblically accurate? I know what Big Mama told you. I know what so-and-so said to you. I know what you learned in Sunday school, but what if that wasn't accurate? What if we were giving power and credit to an enemy that simply wasn't due? The series summary says this, in this series, we're going to discover the biblical truth about the devil and destroy the false ideologies about the resistance we sometimes experience. This series will cause you to expand how you see God and marginalize or reduce how you see the resistance. Now, watch this, Harvest. We're not attempting to do a complete theological exegesis, but to biblically correct some errors that many may have believed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, we're not going to address every incomplete truth, but we're going to address three big ones. Here's the first incomplete truth. Satan is God's enemy. 
That's not true. This is what you mean. I thought one day it's going to be a battle between God and the devil. Well, then if he's all powerful, how in the world he going to fight something he made? Uh, there's this notion that there's going to be some battle between God and Satan or there is some battle between good and evil in the world. I, I've even seen pictures where God and Satan are at the table playing arm wrestling. That is the most ridiculous, unbiblical thing to ever be uh, expostulated and postulated in the world. Watch this. Bishop, where did it come from? It didn't come from your Bible. It came from Greek mythology. In Greek mythology, there was Zeus, the god of the heavens, and Hades, the god of the underworld, and they were opposed to one another. And when they were trying to teach Christianity to the Greco-Roman culture of the New Testament, they adopted the same mentality. So God became the god of heaven, Zeus, and the devil became Hades, the god of the underworld. And you've been thinking that's what's been going on for years, and it's wrong. People say, oh, the devil is down there. No, he's not. He's in heaven. Have a meeting with God about you that's Greek mythology that's not Bible Bishop I need some scriptures oh you're gonna get lots of them you're gonna get lots of them you're gonna get lots of them uh, what's this uh, that 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 notion has pervaded Christianity for close to two millennia let me bust this up for you it is not and it has never been and it will never be God versus the devil did you get that in fact, the term devil doesn't even appear until the New Testament. And the only reason it does appear is because, again, they were trying to get the Greco-Roman culture, which was polytheistic. Poly meaning many theistic. They worshipped many different gods. They were trying to get them to understand Christianity, so they had to make it palatable. Let me give you an example. If you were talking to somebody today and you were to tell them to hit me up, you mean call me. Text me. If you had said that a hundred years ago, they would say, why in the world do you want me to punch you? You're not getting what I'm saying. They had to make it palatable in such a way that the people would understand. And the people understand Zeus and Hades. They just didn't understand. Well, you mean there's one God and that God is unopposed by anybody. We don't get that. So to make it palatable, y'all ain't get what I'm saying. So the term devil doesn't even appear until the New Testament. The proper term that you, that you should use is the Hebrew name for Satan, which is Hasatan, H-A, Satan. Now notice, notice how God did it. In other words, God, ha, H-A, laugh. God was like, Satan. Hasaitan. It literally means the adversary. Now, now check this out. Now check this out. Check this out. He, he, he is not God's enemy. He is ours. Bishop, lay it out for me. Go to Job chapter 1. You're going to look at several of them. And that's all right. You have your Bible. Use iPad, iPhone, Android, Jitterbug, or just look on the screen. Job chapter 1 and verse number 6. Now, I realize for those of you, especially those of you that grew up in the church, you're, at a, you're, you're having an issue here because your whole life has been devoted to the devil. Everything about you worships him. Bishop, what you trying to say? Oh, no, because when stuff goes on, the devil is busy. The devil is on my tracks. The devil is trying to take me out. Let's see if that's really, really the deal here. Because you say, Bishop, worship. Worship means to give something value. Often we give the enemy value he simply doesn't have. 
Bishop, how do you know that? Because you walk around looking sad, defeated, and depressed, which means you're giving your enemy value and credit he simply isn't due. All right, Joel 1, 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God, sons of God here is a Hebrew idiom for the angels. It's more specifically the angelic host. Those are the angels that go fight. They came to present themselves before the Lord. Lord is in all caps. Whenever you see Lord in all caps in your Bible, that means it is God's literal name, his coveted name, yud heh It's Yahweh in Hebrew, Jehovah in English. And Satan also came among them. So now check this out. Check this out. If, if it's devil versus God, why are he getting invited to the staff meetings? If it's Satan versus God, why not just beat him up and kill him in front of everybody? I mean, that would make sense to me. If you're so big and bad and you're God all by yourself, well, do something. So Satan come among them also. Verse 7. So Satan gets invited to the meeting with the angels. Because who said he was no longer an angel? Church folk did. So the church folks said, well, now Satan and the devil, now, oh, now, now they demons. Well, okay, look at verse 7. And the Lord said to Satan, why are you talking to your enemy? If you're still mad at him from what happened way back when, why are you talking to him? Now, this is asking some basic questions. And the Lord said to Satan, from where, where you been? So Satan answered the Lord and said, notice, they ain't even uh, argumentative. I ain't telling you. <laughs> from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and walking to and back and forth on it. Okay, look at me. Here's another something we just learned just from this one verse. If Satan had to go to and fro on the earth, he's not omnipresent. Omnipresent means everywhere at the same time, which means I know some folk be lying because he can't be messing with him and her at the same time because he can't be in two places at once. How do I know? I can read, and when I read it, it said he had to walk. He didn't even get to take the bus. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Satan had to walk when he was trying to get somewhere. Couldn't even catch a ride. Verse 8, and the Lord said to Satan, and, and, I, and I got, my God, if you were not here this past Wednesday, you got to get the CD. In fact, I started to show that today, but I said, no, I'm going to keep true to what we told the folk. We're going to start the series because, oh, God. OMG. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Now check this out. God brings up Job. Oh, get this. God brings up Job. Get this. Satan wasn't even thinking about Job. God brought up Job. Could I suggest to some of you, if you're going through some stuff, could it be that God brought your name up? And if he brought your name up, maybe it's not because he's trying to take you down. Maybe it's because he says, I got one thing on my mind called double. And the reason all that hell's coming against you ain't because the devil is so busy. It's because when that shucker showed up for the meeting, I said, have you considered my servant? I wish you'd have five somebody and say, God brought your name up. Stop crying about your trouble. God brought your name up. Stop crying about who hating on you. God brought your name up. Stop. Shout, he brought my name up. What's this? The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Ain't nobody like him in the earth. He's blameless. He's an upright man. He won, he's one who fears me and he shuns evil. Evil means contrary to in Hebrew. Okay, verse 9. So Satan, Hasatan, the adversary, answered the Lord and said, Does he fear you for nothing? 
in other words, he says, you've been good to him. Of course he, of course he reverences you. Verse 9. So uh, Satan answered the Lord and said, Just don't fear God for nothing. Verse 10. Have you not made a hedge of protection around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You bless the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now, check this out. Stretch out your hand and touch all he has, and he'll curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only don't touch his body. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now, watch this. Some simple things. Look at me. I've already said them, but I want to say them again so we get them. If they were enemies, they could have just fought right there. So, so watch this. Because, look at the name. I can read. Because you can read, you just learn. It's not that Satan, watch this, is God's enemy. It sounds more like Satan is an employee. He got invited to the meeting with the angels. Particularly the angels that fight. We just learned from this simple set of verses, he's not omnipresent. Which means he's not messing with you and your Aunt Juju now, them back in so-and-so. You ain't got an Aunt Juju, you got a cousin Pookie. <laughs> you got that? Say, say Satan is not everywhere at the same time. Okay, so then Bishop, so then what's going on then? What's happening? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Good question. Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45. We're going to walk it out. Touch your name and say, let's walk it out. Okay. All right. So I know for some of y'all, I just took your whole conversation you're going to have at church today. Because you're going to talk about what the devil was doing. And how you was fighting the devil and how in your sleep he tried to kill you. Okay. Maybe you just be eating too late. It's quiet in here. I woke up and my heart was heavy. Baby, take you some Pepsi. That's what she... <laughs> Isaiah 45, 5. Now look at me, y'all. God had a big issue with the children of Israel because they kept thinking that others were equal to him. They kept ascribing equality with these false gods to him. So God kept having these conversations, particularly in Isaiah, where God said, I need y'all to understand the sun rises and sets on what I say. And that if I'm for you, who can be against you? But if I'm against you, who can be for you? So look at Isaiah 45.5. Now, I, I, I realize religious folk, you, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the devil away from you because I can read. That's why. Isaiah 45.5. I am the Lord. Watch this. And there is no other. Now, the word God here, God is not God's name. God is a title. It comes from the 6th century word gudan, G-U-D-A-N, which, which means source. Amen. Got it? So it says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no source beside me. I will gird you, though you have not known me. Let me just take a, pre, a, a, a praise pause right here. God says, even when you didn't know you needed me, I was protecting you. Even when you weren't serving me, I was protecting you. See, we often thank him for the stuff that we know about, but we ought to thank him for the stuff we didn't know. Yeah, yeah. When you were out there acting like a fool, God says, I was covering you. And the reason that bullet didn't take you out is because I was covering you. And the reason that car accident didn't take you out is because I guarded you. Even though you didn't know me, I knew you. And 
Somebody shout, he knew me. He knew me. Look at verse 6. That they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting. Watch, he says it again. That there is none besides me. I am the Lord. And there is nobody else. It ain't me up here and the devil down here. It's just me. I have no enemies because I have no equal. For God to have an enemy, God would have to have an equal. Since he has no equal, he can have no enemies. And he told him in Isaiah, I am the Lord and beside me ain't nobody. Nobody. So I said, so Bishop, 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 so, so what happens? Verse 7 reveals it. God says, I make the light and I make the darkness. I make the peace. Watch this for the psych your mind. And I make calamity. Bishop, what you trying to say? When Joe went through what Joe went through, notice Satan had to go ask. And God had to give him permission. Which means, watch this, if God allowed it, God was doing it for his glory and for my good. Look, this is God speaking. He says, I make peace and create calamity. Peace there, good. Calamity, evil. Evil. And uh, y'all know I like movies. Several years ago, there was a movie called Vampire in Brooklyn. Anybody see that movie? (laughs) Is Eddie Murphy and Angela Bassett. It was a unique experience. I remember when I first saw it because I was so used to seeing Angela as Tina. So when she was a cop, I was like, well, where'd I go? I, <laughs> I like, I guess love don't have nothing to do with it. I just <laughs> okay, some of y'all are like, what is he? Okay, whatever. And in the movie, basically, Eddie Murphy was this vampire, and uh, this vampire. Uh, ended up uh, 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 coming to Brooklyn, and he got him a place down in Brooklyn. <laughs> and, uh, and and one day he was trying to turn Angela against uh, against her partner at the, her her uh, she was a cop against her cop partner, you know. And uh, and so he turned into Angela was going to church, you know, because church house in house, schoolhouse out house. <laughs> On highway number 19, the people keep the city clean. They call it Nutbush. <laughs> so y'all like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Google it. And so, and so she went to church. She went to church. She went to church. Mama told her, you go to church. So she went to church, and she wanted to talk to Preacher Polly. That's his name, Preacher Polly. And Preacher Polly, he was coming out his van, about his revival van. And he was just, he was, in, in, he was, he was in receiving some spirits. He's drinking. That's why they call them spirits. You think it's a drink. It's a spirit. Okay, all right. There's a reason they call it that. And so anyway, so, so, so he was receiving his spirits, and then Angela came up and, 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 and all that. Or I think the vampire, Eddie came to him and then turned him into the vampire. And then so Eddie turned into pre- Preacher Polly, Preacher Polly. And Preacher Paul had walked into the church. Of course, everybody knows vampires can't look at crosses, duh. And so, <laughs> been funny. And so he walks into the church and he, you know, he's like, woo, it's hot as, woo. You know, second Sunday, second Sunday, second Sunday. Now third, 
gloves are off, but the second Sunday. So he, he, he said that. And, and so they go have church outside in, in front of the church. And so uh, he starts preaching and he says, evil is necessary. And then he said, if evil is necessary, it sounds like it's necessary to me. He said, therefore, if evil is necessary, then evil must be good. Evil is good. Y'all ain't reading the verse 45 and 7. I am the Lord and beside me there is no other. I form the good and I form the evil. Therefore, if I let evil come against you, evil must be necessary. And therefore, if it's necessary, it must be good. Y'all missing what I'm saying? If God let that enemy come against you, he knew that you needed to get some strength from that's why the scripture says that the enemies of the children of God would be like bread for them. God says sometimes an enemy is necessary. So, so if Satan isn't God's enemy, then, then whose enemy is he? He's our enemy. He, the scripture calls him the accuser of the brethren. That just means Christians. Okay, Revelation 12.10. Revelation 12.10. Y'all learning? Now, I know that that seems crazy because we normally like to, because remember, evil just means contrary to. So what is something contrary to you? It's resistance. Come on here. Now, when you go to the gym, if you go to the gym and you have no resistance, then you're not going to be able to build any muscle. You know what I'm saying? All right. You can't go in the gym. Fellas, you, you listen. Okay. After you worked on the bar for a little bit, you need to put something on the ends. The bar is what, 45 pounds by itself? Okay, okay, well, you shouldn't be still pushing 45 pounds. I mean, like, after your first workout, you should be past that. It's quiet in here. Okay, so check this out. That's the same way God says with you. You've been saved too long to still just be pushing the bar. So the resistance that comes against you, Shaka, the resistance that comes against you, watch this, is an indication of just how strong he thinks you are. You didn't hear what I just said. Maybe I'll talk to this side of the church. If you got resistance coming against you, it's because God says you're stronger than you know and you're further than you think. And I wouldn't have put that weight on you if I didn't know that you could bear it. And so rather than crying about it, just... Just push the weight. How about somebody say push the weight? Push the weight. Stop crying about the weight. Just push it. And push it real good. What's this? The resistance is necessary. Revelation 12:10. Here it is. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God, heaven's attributes, God's way of doing things. And the power of his Christ, <clears throat> that means his anointing and the, the anointed ones. Say that's us. that's us. Okay. The anointing is just God's grace or God's favor. Have come. Here it is. For the accuser of our brethren, Christians, who accuse them. See, we're going to get into that next week. Don't miss next week. Who accuse them because I'm going to show you what's actually happening in heaven. Amen. For the accuser of our brethren, who accuse them before our God. Day and night. So that tells you where is Satan at then? Talking to God. Where? In heaven. About who? You. Who accused them before God day and night has been what? 
cast down. Okay, y'all y- 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 missed that. Y- 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 you missed that. Okay, so, so then we just learned then that Hasatan, Satan, is our enemy. And the way he operates as our enemy is that God uses him to be resistance against us. But then he uses what we say and do against us. Did you, did you get that? I said, did you get that? Now, 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 we'll get into that more next week. But, but, but say incomplete truth. Now, since God is for us, we understand that. And since Satan is against us, you could technically say he's God's enemy. But that's an incomplete truth. It's not real. Because it makes you think God up here, the devil down here. And they're fighting, seeing who they can get. No, that's not so. That's not your Bible. Here's what we think. The the God's on this side. And the devil's over here. Because y'all say, we see it. Come on now. Be like, and the Lord was just telling me this. And the devil was just telling me this. If you're hearing that many voices. (laughs) It's another conversation we need to be having. Did you get that? Say incomplete truth. Okay, it's only going to get better. Here's incomplete truth number two. The devil can do what he wants. Now, you may not say that consciously, but we, 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 we're, we're saying it when we say things like the devil is busy. Or he's attacking my this or my that. Okay, okay. Then what you're essentially saying is he can do what he wants to do. Here's the truth. Satan can only do what he's permitted to do. And when God permits it, I've already said this, is it because he understands the necessity of an enemy. That's why, by, that's why by definition, evil just means contrary to or resistance. Does that make sense? It doesn't mean ghosts and goblins and people with pitchforks. That's not what it means. It means resistance. So watch this. So watch this. Some of you, you have resistance in your home. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone because it took a while to get responses, so I'm going to leave that alone. Satan can only operate within the parameters of what God has laid out and in those parameters. Did you get that? He can only operate inside the parameters that God has laid out. That's the only thing he could do. Now, now, now watch this, watch this. Uh, He can technically do what he wants, but never anything more. This is, what are you trying to say? In our English language, we call that a truism or an incomplete truth. So let me give you an example. You can sit anywhere you want in that seat. Well, then I can't sit anywhere I want because it's limited to that seat. That's how God does Hasetan. Notice what happened in Job. Job chapter 1 verse 11. He says, but now stretch, it your, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, all of his stuff is in your power, but don't touch him. So he said, you can do what you want, but touch him. Which means Satan then had a leash. And God said, you're only going as far as I tell you to go. And I'm only letting you do it because I got chapter 42 on my mind. Listen, what is chapter 42? It's when the scripture says, and when Job prayed for his friends, then the Lord turned the captivity of Job and gave him double. It's quiet right in here. So, so that means, watch this, y'all. If God allows something 
that's contrary to you. Anybody got some contrary stuff going on? Okay. Sometimes when you're going through the contrary stuff, you ever felt like, God, why are you doing this to me? Come on, come on be honest. Anybody thought that in the last week? <laughs> like, Lord, what are you doing? Because consider this. He just told you he is the Lord and besides him there is no other. So he could have stopped it. Right? He could have stopped them from lying on you. He could have stopped them from, from, from betraying you. He could have. He could have stopped that, that, that deal from going sour. He could have. He, he could have, watch this, the scripture says the heart of the king is in his hands, which means God just don't have power over Christians. He has power over anybody whenever he wants to use it. He says the heart of the king is in his hand and he turns it whichever way it pleases him. Which means God says, I can take somebody that's the most low down, dirty, stank somebody, and I can make them do whatever I want them to do when I want him to do it because I am the Lord and besides me there is no other. So if he allowed it, I have to consider this. Whatever he let get to me, I must be strong enough to handle. So even in those moments where I feel overwhelmed, it never would have got to me had he not thought enough of me to know I was strong enough to handle it. See, God was able to trust Job with trouble. That's why he said, I know if you do that to him, he's still going to bless me. He's still going to show up the church. He's still going to tithe. He's still going to worship. He's still going to pray. He's going to have a little breakdown, but he's going to get up from that. I know he is. He's going to have some days where he cries, but he's going to get up. He's going to have some days where he don't want to love nobody, but he's going to get up. He's going to but I watch him get up because I know that I know that I know that no matter what resistance comes against him, he will get up again. Yeah. Are there any people like that in this place to where you say, I got knocked back, but I'm getting back up again. I may get disoriented sometimes, but wants me to get back up because you don't know who you're messing with. So watch this. If God allowed it, God wants to use it for our good and for his glory. Does that make sense? Because he could have stopped it. He could have made them keep you on the job. He could have made them lose the papers and not take your car. Oh, I got real quiet right in there. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Okay. All right. All right. All right. But Bishop, it just seems like the devil knows what's going on. You want to know why? Because you told him. We'll get into this as the series goes on. But just to give you a quick point here. He, Satan has no ability to know what you're thinking. That, see, watch this. That's why when you praise God and you got evil against you and resistance against you, it confuses him. Because he's trying to figure out what's going on in their head. Because how are they praising me talking about God's up to something good when I'm looking at what I've been given permission to do? And they still shouting and they still clapping and they still praising. I'm perplexed because I can't figure out how this is the response to that. Y'all missing what I'm saying.
That's perplexing. So, so he doesn't know. He, watch this. He doesn't know you're feeling discouraged until you open up your mouth and say, I'm just discouraged. Then he's like, oh, it's working. He, he didn't know that until you told him that. See, that's why you got to be here next week because I'm going to show you the importance of that. Because then he takes that and uses that. He didn't know so-and-so got under your skin until you said it. And, and watch this. Can I give you something real quick? Can I give you something real quick? Can I give you something real quick? Have you ever noticed how sometimes your mind will fight to say stuff that really didn't need to be said? You anybody know that? Like your mind will fight to say, I'm just so tired. Well, nobody was even around to ask you that. Your mind fought to say it because Satan wanted to hear it. He wanted to know that it was working. But I think I got some folks in this place today that say, I may have opened up my mouth and said too much, but watch me not do that tomorrow. Watch me not do that today. That's why the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord. I feel like preaching here at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mind telling you what that's. Don't you ever let him see you sweat. Don't you ever let him think he got under your skin. You just got to learn how to smile. And when folk are messing with you, you got to learn how to bless and step. I, I ain't got time to sit up here and deal with your lunacy. I got to bless and be crazy by yourself. I got to bless and talk that fat noise on your own. I got to bless and you ain't even going to get the satisfaction of knowing That's why on, on day one, y'all say, I, I, I got one more point. <laughs> that's, why, that's why in Job chapter one, what did Job do after he got all of those bad, bad things? Scripture says he fell to his knees and said, I am the Lord. And beside him, there is no other. And if God allowed that stuff to just go down, I got enough faith in him to know that I must be strong enough to handle it. And even when I feel weak, I read the book, and the book says that in, his, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. And even when I feel like throwing in the towel, I, I, I may play with it, but I'm just going to hold that towel right here. I may, you see, y'all ain't saying nothing. I, I may play like I'm throwing that towel in, but baby, that's just because I got to just get it off of me real quick. But I ain't throwing it in. I've come too far to turn back now. I made too much progress to turn back now. Third incomplete truth, and I'm through. Third incomplete truth. The devil isn't all, all the way defeated. Now, here's, here's the crazy thing. Christians will say stuff like this. There's a song. I'm not going to call the name of the song. Um, but um, I've, I've forbidden us to sing it the way it was written because it's just not biblical. It says, Lord, order my steps. And... In your word, dear Lord, lead me, guide me every day. Send your anointing, your favor, your grace. Father, I pray, order my steps in your word. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> Please, order my steps in your word. Then the verse says, Satan is busy, but God, you're real. So in other words, we're just saying, God, he ain't defeated. But I thank you that one day, someday, you're going to defeat him. 
Okay, okay. That, that's, that's an incomplete truth. Because, you, you, you know what? Let me give you another one. Because some of you are like, Bishop, I never said that. I ain't never said that. Right, because that's kind of a church cliche. So you got to be in church for a while to kind of know that cliche. So here, here's another one. The devil stole my joy. The devil stole my car. The devil took my husband. The devil took my wife. Maybe they weren't yours. Uh, the devil stole my kids. Stole my peace. And then we'll sing songs like this. So I'm going into the enemy's camp to take, and the church folk will tear the church up. People that are just coming to Jesus, they're like, why are they acting like that? I'm going into the enemy's camp and I'm taking everything he stole. Here's the problem. What you going to do about the stuff you gave him? Because stealing and giving is two different things. So now, watch this. If he stole it, then he's not defeated. So is he defeated or is he not? Uh, it's a simple question. Because he can't beat stealing and defeated at the same time. Your car can't be driving and parked at the same time. Listen to me, y'all. Satan can't take anything from us. You know what he does? He gets us to give it up. He can't take it in the garden with Adam. He couldn't take Adam's authority. So he had to deceive Adam to get him to give it. He couldn't take it. See, that's what you're not understanding. That's why Jesus said, no man takes my life. You can't. T- I'm God. You're not taking my life. I'm giving it to you. And I'm giving it to you so that 2,000 years later, they can live. Are you getting this? He can't take anything. So Adam, he comes and he deceives Adam. And he says to Eve, he says to Eve, he says, has the Lord God surely said, or did he indeed say that you should not eat from every tree in the midst of the garden? Surely the Lord didn't mean that. For the Lord knows that in the day you eat of it, you will become just like him. Now, we like to say stuff like this in church. The devil is a liar. That's not really true. Oftentimes, he just knows how to use the truth against you. Because if you read on in Genesis, you'll find out that God says that. God says, and the man has become like us, knowing the difference between good and evil. So that wasn't a lie. It was the truth. What I found out about the enemy is it's not really that he's a liar. It's just really that he uses the truth in a way that catches us off guard. He uses the truth in a way that, that, that makes us somehow doubt what it is that God has said about us. So he'll, he'll say something like this to you. Well, and all he does is ask questions. Notice, that's all he did in the garden. See, the word serpent in, 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 in Hebrew doesn't mean snake. See, everybody thinks, see, you got this bad image. You should come to Bible college so you can fix it. You got this image that some snake came out of a tree and was like, Eve. Have some of my apple pie. They were on a Daniel fast. Have some of my. I'm joking. That's not what happened. The word serpent means deceiver. And Genesis 19 teaches us how angels appear when they're on the earth, which means Eve, this is all I'm going to give you. Eve wasn't talking to a snake. She was talking to a man who talked like a snake. What is a snake? Double tongue. What is that? A lie. What is that? He knows how to use the truth in a way that is used against you. That's all I'm giving you. So watch this. He says, Eve certainly 
Now, God gave a clear command to Adam. We, we presume, because Eve wasn't there, that Eve, Adam gave that command to Eve. Y'all still with me? I'm just talking it out. We're going to shout in a minute. Um, and as this happens, he introduces a question. Can I tell you something? Every attack against you starts with a question. Does God really love you? All he needs to do is introduce a question because you know what a question introduces? Doubt. And doubt introduces insecurity. And insecure people do nothing right. Did you get that? He just introduces a question. That's all he wants to do. Are you really a good mother? Watch this, single ladies. How come every man you meet, what's wrong with you? Okay, since y'all don't want to say nothing, I will extend the analogy. Who's going to want you? You better just stay with this jacked up situation because you ain't going to find nobody else. Because who wants a woman with two kids? Well, y'all ain't going to say that to me? See, since y'all ain't saying that, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep. You're damaged goods, aren't you? He can't make a statement. He can ask a question. You, you failed too much in the past, haven't you? And he asks leading questions. See, because he's an accuser. An accuser is a prosecutor. A prosecutor in a court of law asks leading questions, which means the answer is only a yes or no, which means it doesn't give you any opportunity to other, other answer other than a yes or no. You missed what I just said. A prosecutor, which the enemy is, which you're going to learn about next week, he can only ask leading questions. So a defense attorney in a court of law has to say, can you tell me where you were yesterday? Okay. A prosecutor gets to ask the question like this. You were at... 14100 East Jewel Avenue, weren't you? Yes or no? That's how Satan does. He asks leading questions. You've messed up your credit, haven't you? Why are you even having faith? You fail at everything, don't you? Stop commanding your day. It's not working, is it? I knew, I'd, I knew I'd get somebody somewhere. Everything you commanded, the opposite happened, didn't it? Why are you even doing all of that? Why are you serving? You don't have to do all of that, do you? He asked questions. And then all of a sudden, now you're sitting up while you should be doing, you're thinking. Okay, that's how it works. So now you're paralyzed because you're trying to answer a question God didn't ask. But you're stuck answering a question that the answer is irrelevant. You know what you need to learn how to say? Yeah, you know what? That's probably true. But I choose to believe what God says about me. You're probably right. So I ain't got time to fight with you, but I I sure did make some mistakes. I sure did not do that right. But if God be for me, who can be against me? You're probably right, but I ain't got time to fool with you. What the girls say? Ain't nobody got time for that. You're probably right. 
work out. You're right. I didn't make some bad decisions. Who am I talking to? You're right. Touch your neighbor and say, just own that. Just own that. You're right. You're right. And that's all you are. That's all you got is a question. That's all you got. You're going to be just like your dad. You're going to be just like your mama, aren't you? And now you're sitting there saying, oh, my God. You just need to say, you know what? You might be close to right. I don't know. Problem is, I don't have time to deal with you. You know why? Because I don't have time to spend talking to things that are beneath me. Let me give you the point. Then we're going to shout our way out of here. Y'all ready to shout out of here? So, so, so watch this. Watch this. But I want to make sure you get it. He, he says to Adam, he, he, he gets Adam to give it up. Because remember, he can't take. He's got to get you to give it up. You have to give him your joy. He can't take that. Watch this. You gave him your peace. He didn't take it. You gave him your self-esteem. He didn't take it. He did the same thing with Jesus. Watch this. If you are the son of God, idiom, God in the flesh, Emmanuel. If you're really God in the flesh, can't you do this? You know what I love about Jesus? Jesus was like, because somebody said, well, Bishop, if, if they're not enemies, why, why did Satan come tempt him? Because remember, Jesus said, I want to go through everything they go through as a man. So that when I conquer, I'm not conquering as God. I'm conquering as a man. They didn't kill God. They killed a body that God dwelled in. Y'all didn't hear what I'm saying. And then he said, let me show you get up in that body. Y'all are missing what I'm saying here. Okay. Okay. You got it over there? Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. The scripture says that we have a high priest. That means one that goes to God on our behalf who can understand our temptations and understand our plight as human beings. You understand that? So you say, well, Jesus did that because he's God. No, no, no. You don't understand. The scripture says in Hebrews, I got to just give it to you real simple, real simple. The scripture says that he learned obedience by the things he suffered in Hebrews. The thing said that he was made into a son. Let me just make it real simple for you. Jesus, when he was tempted by Satan, Satan asked him the same kind of questions he asks us. And Jesus, the man answered, not Jesus, God. Now, I know some of you, that, that's, that's messing with you. That's messing with you. Just, just be here for the series, and it's going to make a lot of sense to you by the time we get done. Here's the point I'm trying to make, is when Jesus healed, he healed people as a man. Okay. All right. Let's, let's just, I'm going to leave that alone. Y'all ain't ready for that. Tell your neighbor, say, we ain't ready. We ain't ready. We ain't, y'all ain't ready. Okay. So, so we ain't going to go there. But, but, but let's go here, though. But let's go here. He says, if you're the son of God, well, you can do this. If you're the son of God, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to offer you this. He offers you something you already have, but he gives you an illegitimate way to get it. He says, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. God is like, perhaps you haven't read. All the gold is mine. All the silver is mine. The sun rises and sets because I tell it to. 
You're offering me something I have, but you're offering it to me in an illegitimate way. Same thing he did to Eve. You're going to be like God. Well, I thought she was in the image of God already. He offered her what she had in an illegitimate way. Okay, y'all still here because I, 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 I got to get the point. I get the point. I don't want to lose you. So he asks Jesus these questions. And Jesus responds every time. You know what he says? It is written. In other words, in that moment, I'm sure Jesus, because he was fasting. He was doing a full water fast. 40 days and 40 nights. Your neighbor's struggling with fruits and vegetables. Talking about God, dog, I don't know. Let me just get a cheeseburger. I'm going to have one meal today. I'm going to modify the fast because it's a use wisdom. So I'm going to have one cheeseburger today and I'm going to chop it up in little pieces. <laughs> so I'm sure Jesus, can, can, those of you fasting, do you, know, do you know that sometimes as your body's detoxing from the sugars and all that kind of stuff, that sometimes have you noticed how your moods kind of get a little different? Okay, come on, be honest now. I mean, the little smallest thing could put you way somewhere. You talking about God's up to something good. Somebody step on your foot. because your body's getting rid of that white sugar. <laughs> it's quiet in here. Okay, I, I, I'm through. I, I'm through. Jesus, Jesus so I'm, the point I'm making is I'm sure Jesus was, was, was his, his flesh was, was a little irritated. Got it? And, I, and I'm sure his flesh, because remember, he had to be tested just like we are. Got it? So, so, so in all of that, in all that, Jesus responds, it is written. Notice, he didn't say, I feel this. I think this. He said, this is what this says. You're missing it. When, he, when the enemy introduces questions to you, stop talking about when I feel this and feel that. Ain't nobody talking about what you feel. Because if you didn't eat, you might not feel good right now. In other words, the way we respond is when he starts introducing those questions, that might be true, but it's written. That I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath and I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus I can do all things too that's what's written so we're not having a conversation about my feelings we're having a conversation about what the book says I wish you high five somebody and tell them that's what the book says that's what the book says and if the book said it I believe it and that has to settle it I know what life is saying, but your life got to line up with what the book says. So, so you see now, I gave you two examples, Adam and Jesus. First Adam, last Adam. He couldn't give them, he couldn't take anything. He had to get them to do what? Give now, 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 listen, this isn't for everybody, but I, I, I just need to know who this is for. You've given him enough. You've given him time out of your day. You've given him opportunities that you should have seized, but fear locked you up. 
You've given him your peace. You've given him your joy. You've given him your kids. You've given him yourself. You've get, I just need to know who I'm talking to before I finish the rest of this message. Anybody say, I've given him enough. And enough is in. I'm not giving you one more. Anything you get from me, playboy, you're going to have to fight for it. Because I'm not giving you nothing else. So watch. So watch. First John 3 8. First John 3 8. I thought I was going to be done 20 minutes ago. First John 3 8. First John 3 8. It says this He who sins is of the devil. Now remember, we're in the New Testament, and I already taught you why that word appears here. For the devil has sinned from the what? Beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God, or God in the flesh, was manifested. Read this next part with me. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, well, what works is he talking about here? Well, he just told you from the beginning. (laughs) From Genesis. From what Adam did. Okay, check this out. Jesus destroyed his works, and that's Jesus' finished work. Can I tell you something? When God looks at you, God doesn't, we see ourselves as works in progress because we're looking from alpha to omega. When God looks at us, he looks from omega to alpha. He looks from the end to back to the beginning. And God looks at you and says, it's finished. Now, if they fail, it's because they wanted to. If they lose, it's because they wanted to. But as far as I'm concerned, it's finished. So stop asking me to do something new because when I said I was done, I meant what I said when I said it. Jesus hung on that cross and he died. And when he died, he said, it is finished. In other words, he said, I've destroyed the works of the devil. He can't take anything from them anymore. They can only give it. And I believe we got a church full of folk that say, I'm not giving him another day of my life. I ain't spending no time complaining. Why? Because I'm going to give him something. I ain't spending no time crying. Why? Because I'm going to give him something. He... So when Jesus, the scripture says in 1 John, when he destroyed the works of the devil, he went back to the garden. And what he did is he said, I undid what Adam gave. I had to take it back. But watch this. I had to take it back as a man. Okay, all right, we'll leave that alone, we'll leave that alone, we'll leave that alone, we'll leave that alone. Okay, so here we go back to, to, our, to our opening text, Colossians 2.15. Everybody got that? Okay, so, so you no longer have to say the devil is, the devil is, the devil is, the devil is. Just forget him. F him. Let's just forget him. Y'all are supposed to be Christian people. So let me go in and rub it in. Half how your neighbor say F the devil, F the devil. <laughs> Forget him. Forget him. Forget him. Just forget about him. Okay, here it is. Colossians 2.15, where we open. Having disarmed principalities and powers. Now, I don't have time to go into the depth of what that means. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Okay. Say, it is finished. finished. That means the devil can no longer steal. He can no longer kill. And he can no longer destroy. Why? Because Jesus said, it's done. So while he's fully defeated, you can still allow him to have what's not his. And that's why it will seem like he's not defeated. 
It's because he showed up and asked you for your life. And you said, well, I messed up so much already. Boom, here it go. He came and asked you for your children. And you said, well, you know, that's Freddy Krueger and Jason, Mikey Myers, anyhow. Here they go. He asked you for your finances. And you said, well, I've hit a little rough patch anyhow, so here you go. He asked you for your self-esteem. And you said, well, I made so many mistakes anyhow. Here you go. And Jesus is looking saying, but I undid his works. And I embarrassed him in front of his own crew. Put the verse up, Colossians 2.15. There it goes. Having did what? Say it with me. You, you know what that means? You know what that means? Uh, come here. I'm going to jack you. <laughs> Let me have your wallet. Real good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Praise God for you. Amen. Amen. Have your seat. Or as she says, have several seats. And watch this. I jacked him in front of his crew. I feel it here. Can we shout our way out? Jesus, when he died, and didn't he die, he went down to hell and he said, I'm going to need my keys back. I'm going to need authority back. I'm going to need the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I'm going to need the keys to prosperity. I'm going to need the keys to joy. I'm going to need the keys to peace. Let me get them keys, playboy. He took those keys and he said, thank you, and he jacked them in front of his crew. Now, this is Denver. Translate, jacked. That is a 90s colloquialism, which refers to took something from someone. When Jesus showed up, Satan was like, you come to get the keys, huh? He was like, mm-hmm. He's like, and you finna do it in front of all them too, huh? Mm-hmm. Y'all see how easy he gave me his wallet? Now, listen, because Denver folk keep their social security card and all kinds of stuff in your wallet. I got everything about you right here. You're missing what I'm saying. And you gave it to me. God went to hell, got your stuff that Adam gave, and said, I'm giving it back to them. That's what he did on the cross. But here's what Satan does. Here's what Satan does. Here's what Satan does. Satan will try to show up like a person of authority. See, you see how he gave me his wallet? Because I'm his pastor, you follow? And so he said, well, I better get a man the wallet, you understand? That's very good, amen. Obedience is better than sacrifice, amen. <laughs> now I got his wallet. You got some money in here? 
Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> Favor. <laughs> Ain't God all right? <laughs> Won't he do it, y'all? Amen. Bless his holy name. Amen. Got me a love offering today if the saints don't give me nothing. Amen. So I can go get me some green smoothie. I took all your stuff with a question. I'm going to get back to you after a while. That's the same way the enemy does us. He can't take it. See, he can't be like, man, give me your what? He can't, he can't do that. <laughs> he can't give you a shakedown. Can I have it? Can I have that dream you had that you thought wasn't going to happen now? Because can I have your vision, that, that vision you had? Because you started to succumb to the region versus allowing, okay. Can I have those things you had planned on doing? Can, can, I, I, can I have that? And you take it out and you say, here you go. And then you'll say, the devil stole from me back in 88. He didn't steal that baby. You gave it to him. But let's preach our way out. There you go. I'm going to give it back to you. Amen. God is merciful, kind, and patient. Let's preach our way out of this. But if I gave it to him, it also indicates I can take it back from him. So I just need somebody to stand on their feet. And that says, I may have given the enemy some stuff, but I'm taking it back because it's still mine. It's still my prosperity. It's still my vision. It's still my dream. It's still my children. It's still my family. It's still my marriage. It's still my... Shout, it's still mine. It's still, still mine. If I gave it to you, I can take it back from you. Father, we honor you today as we've begun to take down these false ideologies about the enemy. You are God. And besides you, there is no other. You're not fighting anybody. You're not at war with anything. No, no, no. You've given us victory. And in this moment, Father, right now, right now, we seize back everything that we have allowed the enemy to take because we gave it to him. We take that back. Whatever you know you've given up, just right now say, I take that back. Whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is. No, call it by name and say, I take it back. Call it by name and say, I take it back. Call it by name and say, I take it back. Call it by name and say, I take it back. Hallelujah. 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 Whatever it is, call it and say, I take it back. I take it back. Whatever it is, I take it back. Take that back. Take that back. I take that back. I take that back. Hallelujah. 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 Now make this confession. Say, Father. In the name of Jesus, I will no longer run from an enemy that is defeated. I will no longer spend time talking, answering questions. 
I won't do it. I won't do it. You should feel liberated right now. You, you should feel weight lifted off of you right now. I said you should feel weight lifting off of you right now. Your God is God. Our God is God. Besides him, there is no other. Nobody else. No, 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 nobody else. Nobody else. Nobody else. <laughs> he ain't fighting what he made. You serve a God that thinks it, speaks it, and sees it. Hallelujah. You're not caught in between two worlds of good and evil. You're not, that's not real. You're not caught in that. You're not caught in that. You're not caught in that. You're just not in between that. You don't have to feel like you're being ripped. There's some of you sitting here today, you just feel like, I just keep feeling like I'm getting ripped back and forth, getting ripped back and forth. No, that, that, that's, that's not the reality. That's an incomplete truth. Reason you feel torn is because you keep talking to a serpent. The reason you feel torn is because you keep answering questions from a serpent. Liars ask questions in a way that's deceitful by nature. The question itself is deceitful. That's the only reason some of you feel, you feel torn. You feel like I, I try to do right and, and I do wrong. I try to do this. The only reason you feel that way is because you keep having conversations with a serpent. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.